because I think I'm so important and everybody needs to hear my thoughts, but I know that just like all of us do, we have our assigned group. We have the people that we are supposed to cross paths with in our lifetime. And we have codes for each other. We have medicine for each other. We have wisdom for each other. And together we weave uh, the tapestry of our lives. And I need a little thread from you. You need a little thread from me. And that's ideally what's happening here. That is the magic that happens when we gather, when we share, when we speak. And one of the things that I find really powerful about women is the power of us coming together and speaking. And so I know that a lot of these episodes are me speaking, and then we do have our interview episodes. However, it's still the same theme of women gathering to share information. And when women gather in circle to share their info, their skills, medicine, that is what creates the magic in the world. And so wherever you are, wherever stage you're at in your business, I hope that you see this power of women gathering in circle to share. This is powerful, okay? This is the energy that I want to bring to this show because this is what's been lost a lot of the time in the pockets of our society where it's missing. Obviously, there are areas of civilization where these things happen and those are often thriving communities, thriving societies. So in ancient times, women, they gathered, they spent time together during the day. Maybe the men were out hunting or gathering or doing something else And the women were the ones who were in circle. Maybe they were trimming herbs or they were weaving baskets or they were making clothing or they were harvesting potatoes. They were the ones that were together and they were the ones saying, oh, you know, this herb is good for this. Oh, your child has an issue with their eye. Use this herb. Or I was having an issue with this. And so I tried this. And then another woman chimes in. Well, why don't you try that? That is what has been lost. This is our matriarchal medicine of sitting together in circle and sharing. And so I I just can't, can't emphasize enough 
just how powerful it is. And we're going to barely scratch the surface with this podcast. I highly recommend that if you don't already to find your group of women, find your women. And I got a support over the past year. That group of women has been through my group program, Goddess Status. And Goddess Status is a full-blown training. It's a business training, but it is embodiment alongside empowerment. So it's got all the business empowerment, but alongside that is all of the spiritual embodiment, goddess embodiment practices. And so to me, it's really important. Obviously, as you can tell, these episodes, we do an empowerment episode, then we do an embodiment episode. These things can't really go without the other, in my opinion. So that's why I always pair them together. And So like I said, for the past year, basically all throughout 2022, I was leading a group of women. We met every Venus day on Fridays and that was our circle. We would gather in our circle and we would share. And obviously I was the main coach in terms of business and consulting on behalf of what they're doing in their businesses and how they were serving their medicine in the world. But there was plenty of women supporting other women. It wasn't only me. And that was the beauty of creating that group. And so I just want to share that Goddess Status is now turning into a membership. It's the Goddess Support Membership. It is under the umbrella of Goddess Status. You will get all of the modules inside of Goddess Status. However, I was doing them once a week for 16 weeks, and now I've condensed them into 12 bundles, and a bundle comes out each month. Because it's funny, the first time I ran it, I ran it for eight weeks, and that was literally not enough. Like Nobody got through all the material because there was so much, because I'm crazy, and I put so much into it. And then we, I took a little break and I ended up creating even more content and I was like, what am I doing? So the next time I ran it, we did 16 weeks and it was just so incredible. We got so close. We had such a wonderful group. And now the beauty of it is that even if you have been through goddess status in the past and you still want to continue and be in community, you can, cause I'm just turning it into a membership. So each month that you are a member, you get that month's bundle and they're essentially all the different modules of goddess status and what we do in that course. And honestly, I don't think 12 months is too long. It really isn't. You see a lot of short business courses and programs out there. And all I can make is a generalized blanket statement about them. So I'm sure there's some powerful ones out there. However, it takes time to build a business. Building a business, being an entrepreneur is a long game. Wealth is a long game. So anybody who tells you that you can do it in four weeks or eight weeks is, you know, it's it's not that there's anything wrong with being that ambitious, but are you going to be at your income goal in 10 weeks? No, you're not. And it can be hard to really stay the course when you've been through something that gives you that momentum and that kind of false sense of like, oh my God, this is happening. And at the end of eight weeks, it doesn't happen. It's, it's really, it's like going on a high. It's like you get really high on the group energy and usually the person who's running it, you kind of get really high on being in proximity to them. And then it's, and then it's over. 
and you're left to do it on your own. And I am constantly changing the way things are done. I'm an innovator. I'm a manifester in human design. So I initiate new ways of doing things. And just like how with my business, I saw that all these women were paying just so much money for business coaching. They were paying someone to talk to them and then they had to turn around and do all the work. There's value in that too. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that in some situations, but for the most part, it's not enough support, especially when you've paid. I've heard of people paying, you know, $6,000 a month, $10,000 a month just to have a, a call with a person who's going to coach them on their business. And I've done that as well to an extent. I haven't gone that deep. I think the most I've paid is like $3,500 a month. And it's not enough support. It just isn't. It is for some people. But for some of us, it is not. And so basically what I'm getting at is that I do things differently at Goddess Support. It's just a whole different level of support. All of the women who do coaching with me, they get a little bit of VA access. They get access to virtual assistants that I've trained. And then obviously my high, high level, high tier clients who get oracular online business management, they get the whole shebang. They get access to my virtual assistants. They get whatever they need. We do their email marketing. We build funnels. We do their social media management. We edit video and podcast editing. We do a lot. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, we do too much. <laughs> now I know why people just sell vapor. <laughs> why did I sign up to do all of this physical tangible stuff? But gosh, I just I love the tangible. I think that's just part of my nature. That's what I want to provide. I want to help actually provide women with tools and with real value. And so it's important to me. And so just like how I am not going to run my program for eight weeks, I'm not even going to run it for 16 weeks. Like it is now 12 months. However, you don't have to join in for all 12 months. You can dip your toe in. There is a three-month minimum. And then after that, it's month to month if you need to leave or whatever. Because I know that people's financial situations change too. That's the other things that, you know, there's been a lot of interesting things happening in the coaching industry where you get shamed if you if your financial situation changes and you need to leave a program. It's just kind of like, whoa, you guys, like... Let's be real with one another. Let's have compassion for one another and respect people for where they're at. And nobody needs to stay in a program that's not feeling good financially. So anyways, I structure everything in my business so that everything is a win-win-win. Everything is energetically clean and it's with the most support as possible. So anyways, that's just kind of what I wanted to share about the membership. Um, you'll also be able to purchase the bundles separately. You just won't be able to come to our live coaching calls or our guest teacher calls or be on the reference page of the Goddess Support website. There's a few other things that's going to be involved in that membership. Some perks, including a tech support thread. You're not going to get access to my virtual assistants to do things for you, but we're going to have a tech support thread where if you are building something DIY on your side and you are struggling with something or you need help, you can have access to ask questions to some of my virtual assistants and as well as just in the program, there's a lot of stuff like that. So I, I go deep, like I, I like to actually give tools. It's important to me because to me, the whole reason that I'm in business and why I do what I do is because I know that 
women have the medicine for the world and I don't want anything to get in the way of that medicine being shared. It's so important to me. So I want to actually give really powerful, potent tools. It's not a cash and grab for me. I'm all about win, win, win situations where everybody feels supported and feels good, feels in their goddess, you know? Okay. So in today's episode, as I said, it's an embodiment episode and the embodiment episode might be a little bit of blurred lines between what's an empowerment episode and what's an embodiment episode. My intention is that an empowerment episode is kind of more business related. Last week's episode came out a little bit with blurred lines, but I'm still going to call that an empowerment episode. This week's episode is definitely more on the embodiment side. And it's something that's really near and dear to my heart. And I've talked about it before. And it has been a thread running through goddess status in the past and will be its own bundle that you can purchase separately. Or, you know, as I said, if you're in the membership, you'll just receive it when it comes out. But I think I'm going to do this one next. The first bundle was ground your business in the 3D. It's everything you need to do exactly that. Ground your business in the 3D, all the steps, all the different tools and things that you need to do in order to anchor your 5D soul mission into a 3D business entity. And this next bundle for next month is going to be the vocal activation bundle, the toning practice that I teach. And I'm not the only person that teaches this, by the way. This is such powerful medicine. I think that there's even a lot of us who probably do this intuitively where I'm going to explain it. I'm going to talk about it and and you're going to be like, oh, I do this. And for some of you, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable to, to do something like this. And I want you to give it a shot. I want you to let it stretch you. It's powerful. It's such powerful medicine. And I'll get into all the ways and that it is. But I want to start with this. We know this, you know, at the intellectual level, we know this. But this is something that you need to feel as well. You need to feel this. Your voice has its own frequency. Just like you listen to my voice right now. And if you're listening to this podcast, if you listen to multiple episodes, I'm going to guess that my vocal frequency resonates with you. But there's someone out there and my voice sounds like nails on a chalkboard to them. (laughs) And that's okay. I am not for everybody. You are not for everybody. Our voice, my voice, your voice has its own frequency. And the people who are aligned with you are going to resonate with your vocal frequency. That means that there are going to be people who are not aligned with your vocal frequency and they are probably going to exit quietly. Don't take it personally. You don't need everybody to resonate with your voice. Every no gets you closer to more yeses. Okay, so if someone unsubscribes from your email list, if someone exits from your world, it's okay. When someone says no, the person who's going to say yes is in line and they will be there next. And just as you have found people who you resonate with their voice, sometimes there's a little shift that maybe something changes and you're like, hmm, I'm not really resonating with this person anymore. 
that will happen too. Okay, so I want to be really open about that because I, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, you know, as we fine tune our own listening and the way that we can hear what we resonate with and how we actually truly like physically resonate with, not just intellectually resonate with, but actually feel something in our body, those things are going to change. Your voice has frequency, other people's voice has frequency. And honestly, I believe that this is where the world is going. We as a collective are moving toward a powerful time for humanity, where simply a vocal frequency heard coming from another being decodes their authenticity. And there are a lot of us who are already feeling this. Like this is kind of like a superpower that's coming online. Now for millennia, we relied on oral tradition and spoken word, right? So it's kind of like, you know, the future is ancient, okay? We listened to stories so many times that we became able to pass them down ourselves. So we're going to probably be coming back to a version of that. That's what I'm getting at. So millennia, spoken word. Then, not that long ago, we began to write. But not everyone could write. We had scribes. And those who devoted their existence to copying books for for distribution, but they did this very slowly. And this was only the most critical information was going to be copied over. And that only like the Bible and history books were subject to this kind of devotion. Therefore, it was often the people who were funding the lives of these scribes who decided what was going to be copied over and how it was going to be written. So honestly, this is when illusion began because now it's, oh, rewrite this part of the story here or rewrite history essentially. And and we take it for face value because it's written down. And so we see kind of this degradation of this disbelief in the spoken word. So like I said, the future is ancient. And then for the past few hundred years, we've relied on what is printed. So no more do we have to rely on scribes writing down only the most important things. Thanks to the printing press, information can travel across the planet. And while this is revolutionary, it now means that more than just vital information has been passed along. Therefore, even more stories are rewritten or they're conflicting. So one part of the world, the story's told one way and another part of the world is told another way. So this is leading to even more illusion, even more facets of the truth. The whole idea of if it's in the newspaper, it must be true a hundred years ago to if it's on the news, it must be true 50 years ago has now turned into, I can type something And in five minutes, or not even five, five seconds, (laughs) it will be live on the internet forever for all to see anywhere on the planet. You are here, goddess. This is where you are in the timeline. But it's time for something new. And I know that you feel something new. And it's time for us to all tune our dial to the truth, to hear the difference between what is false and what is real in the subtle tones of voice and range of frequency. It's time for us to trust 
what it means when our hearers hear a change in pitch or an unsettling sound coming from another's voice. It's time for us all to be able to hear the truth as the multifaceted gem that it is, seeing its edges and sides and trusting our mind to process the coexistence of multiple truths with compassion, trusting our heart and our mind. And it's time for us to hear with highly trained ears when someone is not authentic, when someone is lying, when they are deceiving or misleading, simply by the inflections of their unique sound. You can do this. Like I said, the future is ancient. This is literally in your DNA, this ability, okay? You can do this. We can do this. It has simply been lost and it needs to be uncovered. But most of all, we need to uphold our own vocal frequency with such high regard with our highly curated utterance in devotion to our voice being the ultimate gauge of our authenticity so that our word holds potency and becomes the foundation that carries our soul and its endeavors forward. Your voice is healing. Your voice is medicine. Nurture it, activate it, respect it. Now, this episode is about vocal activation because this is something that I like to teach to all my goddess entrepreneurs because your voice is more than just your unique frequency. It's a key that unlocks other people's hearts. Honing your vocal frequency is a devotion with high returns. It's an investment with high returns. So how did that feel when you listen to that? Are you like, dang, yes, yes, goddess, let's do this. Because I know we've all been in that situation where you hear someone talking and you're like, they're lying, they're full shit. Okay, you can do this. And then we have also been in that situation where somebody lied to our face and we believed it. And that pit you feel in your stomach, you're like, oh my God, they lied to me. Okay, so this is some powerful shit right here. And as usual, it starts with us. We have to really hone our own vocal frequency first. Your voice has its own frequency. And when you speak, your tone reveals the depth of authenticity. And people can feel that. They can feel it. I have come 180 degrees in my life with my vocal frequency. When I was little, this is so wild. It's crazy to me that this used to happen to me. I was so, I guess, unsure of my voice and my own vocal frequency. Or maybe it was something to do with my aura as a manifester. I don't know. It was so frustrating. I would be lying and people would believe me. Or I would be telling the truth and people would think I was lying. And this wasn't because I was like lying all the time. It wasn't like that. And it would blow my mind because someone would ask me something. I would give them an answer and they'd be like, you're lying. And I'd be like, what? I'm not lying. And then like the one time that I would lie, somebody would believe me. And I was just like, what is this weird paradox? I mean, we all tell lies as kids. Okay. I'm not saying that I, I do not lie in adulthood. I don't do that. But people can feel it, right? But by the example I just gave you, it's like 
everybody's out of practice. <laughs> I would be telling the truth and people would think the opposite. Or I would be telling a lie and people would believe it. This is not a skill that everybody has, clearly. But it also comes into play with how we speak. So maybe if I had had a little bit more confidence in my voice when I was telling the truth and when I look back at those memories, I would be telling the truth and I would be so afraid of not being believed in my truth that that probably came out in my vocal frequency and so it sounded like a lie and so people wouldn't believe me. And then those times where you're lying and you're a kid and you're like, yeah, da 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 you kind of have this confident air about you a little bit because you're testing and seeing what you can get away with. And so people would believe it. So it's all about our vocal frequency, our inflection, our emphasis. That's what people can feel. And so when we understand the power of our vocal frequency, the power of our tone, and the power of our unique sound, that's when we are able to fully harness our voice as a portal of manifestation. We speak things into being. Sound creates vibration. Vibration creates matter. Matter creates your reality. All of our realities together creates the consensus reality. The consensus reality is the world that we live in. And therefore, it is the world that you can effect with your voice. So choose your words wisely. Because words cast spells. That is why it's called spelling. <laughs> and the English language is particularly nefarious because many words have multiple meanings. And honestly, it's some fascinating shit. And I don't have a bunch of examples in front of me. In fact, I don't have any in front of me. But I think there was actually someone on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. I can't remember her name, but she came on and she basically talked about how the English language is kind of witchy and like not good witchy, like the the kind of bad kind. So it's just something to pay attention to. And I also think it's interesting that in parts of the world where people speak romance languages or where they don't speak English, basically, people live longer. Okay, this is a fact. I am not making this up. They've done so many studies. Everybody's studying. They're trying to figure out how do you have the longest life? How do you have longevity and not just live the longest life, but actually have mobility and all that kind of stuff? and have the full extent of a human life until the end. And it's happening where people don't speak English. And it is not happening where people speak English. So something is fucking up with English. And I'll just share that during my ayahuasca ceremonies, the first ones that I did, I remember at the end, well, first of all, <laughs> First of all, the day after my first ayahuasca ceremony, this this woman, she she turned to me and she was like, I didn't know you spoke Spanish. I was like, I don't. <laughs> it just came through so naturally with the plant, with ayahuasca. Like I couldn't speak English. And at the end of ceremony, you know, we went around in a circle and it wasn't like a huge time for share. Like we got like a minute or something and it was just share. And I remember when it was my turn, I just was like, I just can't, I, I don't know what to say in English. <laughs> um, I just didn't have English words for what 
the experience was and the love that I felt. It was just not English didn't cut it. It wasn't it wasn't good enough. I want to ask you, goddess, when you speak, do people understand you? Or are you often misunderstood? When you're lying, do people believe you? When you're telling the truth, do people think you're lying? Like that kind of thing. Maybe not that exact example, but something along those lines. Are you saying one thing and somebody is hearing something else and you're like, wait, what? That's what you understood? That's what you got out of what I just said? That's not correct. This happens a lot when we're having arguments with our partner, family members, anybody who we're having a relationship with. They misunderstand us and it's like, wait a second, was that something that I said wrong? Or did you misunderstand me? Are you hearing what you want to hear or whatever? But we do play a role in that. 100%. Do you say what you mean? Do you mean what you say? Do you follow through with the things that you say that you'll do? These are all just things I want you to ask yourself. I want you to be thinking about. Now, we're on the topic of vocal activation, but I definitely also want to make the case for silence (laughs) because silence is also golden. Vocal frequency, very important, but silence, also golden, also very important. Choosing when to not speak is also a really powerful act. Silence creates space and silence can actually say a lot. I'm sure you've heard the phrase, no news is good news. That's sometimes true. It's most of the time true. Like when you haven't heard from a family member in a few days and you're like, are they okay? And you know, no news is good news. They're fine. Do you know how to communicate properly with silence? Or do you just have to fill every moment of silence with words, even if they're vacant? with gossip, with news. As we hone our vocal frequency, it's really also about honing our communication skills. Communication is a skill. There's kind of no such thing as too much communication, in my opinion, because we need to adequately inform people about what's going on. What is the plan? What's happening here? When you are informing someone, do you adequately inform? Or do you leave out important details? Or do you run your mouth like word vomit? Do you repeat yourself over and over? Do you start to raise your voice automatically if you're feeling unheard? These are just things to really think about, pay attention to, and cultivate a relationship with your voice because your voice is healing. Did you know that you can use your own voice to regulate your nervous system and access your vagus nerve and tone your vagus nerve? This is like, humming to yourself or singing a lullaby to a baby or singing to yourself. Singing is so freaking healing, you guys. If your voice is healing, that means that your voice can be healing for someone else too. You must speak up, you must share your voice, and you must be heard. Someone is looking for you right now and the minute they hear you, they will know this is who I've been looking for. And they will be sold on whatever it is, maybe just following you, learning from you, getting a session with you, taking a course from you. They just need to hear you. They need to hear your vocal frequency. And just really bringing this back to the theme of everything, the theme of 
my life, the, the biggest lesson I've learned, the most powerful wisdom I've been given that I now love to turn around and give and something that makes sense, right? When I say this, you're not going to be like, wow, that's brand new information. But it's something that needs to be put into practice. And this is what I was talking about in episode one, what my mother-in-law Rosa taught me. First time I met her. And not just the first time, but many times after she kept repeating this. And I, I remember just wondering, like, she really says this a lot. But it was clearly because it's so important. And I've listened. And it's become the backbone of my life. And that is this. Women set the tone. Women set the tone for their family, their community, and the world. And as I also mentioned in episode one, my beloved and his family, they're from Ukraine. And there's a lot of fucked up stuff going on in Ukraine right now. It's really sad. We have a lot of family there, literally in Donetsk, which is um, rubble now. Thanks, Putin. It's rubble. But they got out and left the country for a while and then came back and just came back to the west side. So we're not super stoked that they went back because it's still a lot of unknowns. But basically what I want to share here, and I am not Ukrainian, so I'm in no way a mouthpiece or the speaker for Ukrainian people, but this is just my experience and from what I've learned. And this is also my opinion. Okay, so I want to be clear about that. So our whole lives are, you know, depending on how old you are, but I think for most of us, because this stuff's been going on since the 90s, the, like the late 80s, there's been war going on in the Middle East. And we're told that it's about one thing, like we have the surface level, what the war is about in the news, okay? And then there's like below the surface, there's this other thing. And then below the surface, there, below that, there's another thing. And below that, there's another thing. Below that, there's another thing. And, and eventually, the, the closer you get to the, the center, the more you kind of realize what the war is actually about. And like I said, this is my opinion. And I know that all of those things on the surface and all the things at the other layer are so real. Okay. So this is not me saying that those are not real. Those things are happening, but are they really the core of why this is happening to begin with? You know, you could say we got in the Middle East because they're terrorists. And then you could say, well, it was actually about oil. And then you could say, well, it was actually about opium. And then it was actually about overthrowing their government and putting in our own figurehead and having more control. And then you could say, you know, you could say so many different things, but this is my opinion. The Middle East is the cradle of our most recent human civilization. I think that there have been many, 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 many iterations of human civilization. But I think that the most recent one, anywhere from 10 to 30,000 years ago, ancient Samaria, that is where it comes from, that part of the world. That is the cradle of civilization. And so to me, in my opinion, these wars that have been happening in the Middle East are about erasing our human history. Because the less we know and understand about where we come from, the easier it is to control us. The easier it is for us to be pushed and funneled into a specific direction. If we don't actually know our origins, we have species amnesia and we don't 
know, right? We don't know our power. We don't know that, oh, we actually came from another life form in the universe that has wicked abilities. And they spliced their DNA with some chimps on planet Earth. And all we have to do is figure out how to edit our genes and we'll be able to turn all that shit back on. Again, those are my beliefs. (laughs) And I also believe that we have the power to go in and edit our own DNA at the energetic level. And so it's only a matter of time before we figure that out. And I do believe that there are people out there who have figured it out and they're able to turn on those parts of our DNA and edit their own genes so that they have more of these abilities that our ancient alien ancestors had that they turned off in us to keep us controllable. And so I think that if that history, if that knowledge is gone, then it's inaccessible, right? Like you'll never be able to figure it out if that's gone. So to me, that has been the purpose of these wars in the Middle East. And it's really sad, honestly, when you look at pictures of ancient Egypt, or if you've been to ancient Egypt, and just how they've defaced the goddess and defaced so many of the statues, like you walk around the temples, and it makes my heart break just how they have literally removed the face of the goddess on almost all the statues. It's a crime against humanity, quite frankly. So anyways, without going on too far of a tangent related to that, I believe a similar thing's going on in Ukraine right now. And I do believe that Russia has its desires, right, to take back Ukraine. But like, like you guys, if you ever looked at a map of Russia... <laughs> They don't need Ukraine. They have so much land. It's it's like the biggest country in the world in terms of land. And I also think it's really interesting, and this will make sense in just a moment. Russians call the land the fatherland. Okay, we've all heard of the term motherland. They specifically call their land the fatherland. Okay, put a pin in that. That'll make sense in just a moment. Now, from a strategic perspective in terms of, you know, fighting a war potentially with Western Europe, if they want to fight some kind of war with Western Europe, Ukraine is an ideal location for them to put their missile launchers and all their fucking stupid shit. So in that sense, you can understand from a battle perspective, okay, that's why they're trying to take Ukraine. But like I said, there's always like the surface level and then there's, other le- there's a level below that and there's a level below that and there's a level below that. So I'd say the level below that is that Ukraine has some of the most fertile soil on the planet and like just fertile, fertile, fertile soil, just amazing soil. In fact, the Ukrainian flag is quite literally a field. It's blue on top and yellow on the bottom. That yellow represents like a field of green and the blue represents the sky. It is so fertile. And that could be another reason, you know, that's, that's the layer below the layer. Okay. So just like how in the Middle East, we have, you know, ancient Sumeria and probably many other ancient civilizations in ancient Ukraine was a matriarchal society called the Arata. A matriarchal society. Okay? 
this is some really interesting information and I, I'm actually just riffing. I never know where I'm going to end up in these podcasts because I put my notes and then I just go somewhere else and I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, so I don't have notes about the errata prepared. So that is my bad because I just didn't know I was going to go here today. But I just think it's really interesting that Rosa, my mother-in-law from Eastern Ukraine, like right at the border between Ukraine and Russia, that part of the world is specifically where the errata come from. And they're a matriarchal society. They would build these, I wouldn't even call them cities. They're definitely bigger than a village, but they're not full-blown like city. And they would live there for four years and then they would burn the entire city and they would move. So they were slightly nomadic in terms of they weren't nomadic year round, but they were nomadic every four years. They would pick up, they would burn everything and they would move to a new location and they would rebuild. So this is probably one of the reasons why the soil in that part of the world is so fertile because it has been tended to in this way it has been burned and it wasn't ever over farmed and so the soil was replenished and all that good stuff anyways these are just my theories but I mean how fascinating that this is the part of the world where my mother-in-law comes from a ma ancient matriarchal society and she's repeating to me over and over again for years after we first met that women set the tone she would she would say to me the man's not really in charge the woman is the way you feel, the way that you hold yourself, the way you behave, that is what sets the tone for your family. And that ripples out into the community and into the world. And it really took a couple years for it to land in my system, what she was saying. And my husband's a, a Leo. He's a strong personality. And that was her trying to empower me and be like, you're in charge here. Like you're in charge. And she was right. I'm in charge. <laughs> and I'm Leo rising. So he and I are matched well in that way. But it's just super fascinating to me. And so that's just me going on a small little tangent about tone. And we're talking about vocal activation, vocal toning. And I think that that's really interesting. And then, of course, then what happened to my mother-in-law is that she was born in 31 and her father died when she was four in World War II. Her father died because at the time they were the Soviet Union. So he was fighting with the Russian army and the lines are super blurred there. That's the thing about this whole war is that Ukrainian people don't hate Russians. Russians don't hate Ukrainians. They see themselves as one people. But the Ukrainians still want their independence. It's their country. They want their own country. They do not want to be part of Russia at all. But they also don't want to be in conflict with Russia. So anyways, it's this whole thing. I mean, people in Ukraine have family in Russia. People in Russia have family. I mean, it's like, they don't want to be at war. None of them want to be at war. It's super silly that there's this war going on. It bothers the shit out of me. And Rosa cries about it all the time. And our family there, it's like really stressful. Anyways, I just think that this is all super fascinating, right? So women set the tone for our family community in the world, but we have things that cause vocal constriction, right? And this can be conditioning, like how in the West and the United States, and we are ancestrally conditioned by puritanical Christianity that the women are supposed to be quiet and just supposed to do what the man says or the man's property. 
and the man's in charge and all that kind of stuff. So we have that kind of conditioning going on. And then we also have this ancestrals that we have, you know, on our matriarchal lines, we have just so many women ahead of us who probably were conditioned in that way. And so that's built into our DNA in little bits and little ways. And that's another thing that happened to me during my ayahuasca ceremonies. I was able to see the entire line of women in my matrilineal line. And I saw their behaviors and the ways that they were conditioned to be small and to play small and to never speak and to just be the quiet wife and just the baby maker and to be a piece of property. And it was really fascinating because then and still to this day, like when I do those certain postures or crossing my legs, for example, interlacing my fingers, hunching my shoulders forward, all of those things, I was shown that that is all posturing and all behavior that has been passed down in my DNA from the women in my matrilineal line playing small and being small. And so I was like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. So you have these things in your matrilineal line too. You absolutely do. And then of course we have the things that have happened to us in our lifetime related to just not really understanding how to value ourselves. So we don't have a frame of reference for self-worth because very few of us have seen our moms in power or seen just women in general in power. So few of us have really seen that. So these are all the things that are at play. We have the vocal constriction that is making us not necessarily want to open our mouths, not wanting to make sound. And so those are just things that I want you to pay attention to. How you feel when you're making sound, how you feel when you speak, whether it's just in front of your partner, in front of your family, does your heart start to pound? Do you get a rush of adrenaline when you're on a Zoom call and it's your chance to speak? Are you rehearsing? Or are you getting that rush of adrenaline, getting that heart thumping? What's going on in your body when it's time to use your voice. And and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with this, by the way. Like I work with my voice and I sing often, I write songs and I'm in a songwriting group right now and I get nervous when I'm about to share a song with everybody. I really do. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just wanting you to have the awareness that this is something that's affecting you. You might only notice it when it's super present, like, oh, it's time to speak on Zoom or something. And you're like, whoa, why is my heart thumping? But that's happening at the energetic level in some way, pretty much every time you open your voice, if it, especially if it's happening then, right? So I just want you to, to know that. So vocal frequency and vocal activation is so powerful for entrepreneurship because you are the spokesperson for your business. Like no one else is going to be the person selling or speaking on on behalf of your business except for you. That is you. That's your job. So if you don't have the language or you don't have the confidence to speak about your offers or what you're selling or what you're doing or what you do in general, then how is anyone else going to really resonate with that? It has to be you. So what I want you to do and how I want to end this episode today is that wherever you are, what I want you to do is to start to massage your jaw. This is a really great kind of intro to vocal activation is before you even start to make sound, just massage your jaw, touch your jaw, touch your face, massage your neck, wiggle your voice box and 
notice the tenderness. It's tender. So let's just take a moment to do that and I will guide you through. I have headphones on so they're kind of like in the way of my favorite spots to push. So wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, just take a deep inhale through the nose, close your eyes, and then take with both hands, the three middle fingers, pointer, middle, and ring finger, you're going to push right in between your upper and lower jaw. It's like right next to the earlobe, that divot right there. That's the first spot that I want you to get in and just wiggle, just pushing there. And then as you're pushing there, I want you to slowly open your jaw, open your mouth and keep wiggling right? It's so tender. And then we'll start to get even closer to the lower jawline. There's another little divot kind of behind your lower jaw, also kind of by the earlobe. And that's another spot that's so tender. Oh my goodness. So tender. So you just push and hold there. Take a breath. And then start to wiggle on the exhale. And then again, you can do some wiggling of the mouth, opening the jaw as you wiggle. And that can usually show you some even more little points that are tender. And I just really want, I want you to get in there, get in there, move your fingers around. And then the next thing I like to do is then I kind of turn my palms facing up and I push my thumbs into the bottom, my lower jaw, and I'll usually move keeping my fingers back in that original divot we were in for those three middle fingers kind of pushing in there and then the bottom the the thumbs pushing on the bottom of the jaw and that's also can be some really tender areas pushing there wiggling the thumbs all along again you can open and close the mouth as you wiggle that area And then we're going to move down to the neck, the very back of your lower jaw, just push there and then go straight down and then massage. I just pull those three middle fingers in a downward motion on my neck. And then moving in towards the center of the neck. And then right here in the middle is your voice box connecting with your vocal cords, your larynx, your throat chakra, and that can wiggle. Uh, I kind of like wiggle it and make a little bit of sound. It's cartilage. You'll feel it has like a cartilage feeling. You might even hear a little bit of cartilage moving around. And that's an excellent way to kind of open up the throat, start working with your throat just by actually touching your physical anatomy. And then without going into a full-blown vocal toning exercise, I do want to teach this one and that's just the ah, the ah sound. Okay. So once you've really kind of opened up your throat by touching your physical anatomy, what I want you to do is take a deep inhale through the nose and we're going to make a tone, the ah tone on the exhale. So if you've ever ohmed before, it's basically the same concept. 
and you can even ohm if that feels more comfortable for you, just kind of at the beginning to before you start really working through all the vowel sounds, that's really what you'll do is you'll work through all the vowel sounds, A-E-I-O-U. This is toning and my teacher, Maria Stark, she calls this toning home. So it's a tone home that you do anytime literally anytime, but it's encouraged to do it once in the morning, once in the middle of the day, and then once at night. You're toning home. What it's doing is it is causing all of the cells in your body to harmonize and to start to make sticker geometrical shapes with all of the different molecular structures inside your body. So you want to do this. You want to visualize the sound traveling into your cells and really allow yourself to feel the sound. This is what makes it so healing for the nervous system and for the entire body. So yeah, you can do it morning, midday, and evening, but you can also do it after you have a tough moment or you need to calm yourself down or before you speak out loud, you can start to really play with that and have it be a tool. This is the tool in your toolbox now. And so I think I want to say just one more thing about breath while you're doing your vocal toning is that you want to be inhaling into your belly first. Okay, so you can either place your hand on your belly or actually look at your belly or look into a mirror in your belly. You want to inhale into the belly, then the chest will rise, and then you can make your tone. So let's do that together. Inhale, fill up the belly. Take an extra inhale. That's what's going to inflate the chest. And then the exhale comes out the chest first, then the belly with the tone. And as you play with this, you will start to play with other frequencies. That's a pretty low frequency, what I've been doing right there, but you can also go high. So if you want to try a high one together, take a deep inhale. And then what's fun is that you can link the two. You can start high and go low. You can start low and you can go high. So let's start low and go high this time. see I kind of wavered like down up down up and that's all okay there's really no wrong way to do that that's the thing about this there's no wrong way to do it and obviously I forgot to mention before we started getting into toning is make sure that you're in a space where you feel comfortable to actually really make the sounds comfortably without being like who's listening (laughs) there's a lot that might happen here you might tear up you might yawn you might burp you might fart (laughs) you might cry I said tear up but I've literally just 
burst into tears sometimes after toning and you kind of realize like, whoa, that was right at the surface of my being just wanting to come out. And the toning gave it the space to release and to come out. So I want you to really lean into whatever happens and I want you to just tone, just tone and see how it feels and really give this practice a shot in your life. Like I said, it can be something that you do a couple times a day. It can be something you do before you do some public speaking or need to say something important to a beloved or whatever. Massage your jaw and then tone. Make some sound. And you can't do it wrong. It sounds good, okay? Don't worry. (laughs) So I just want to leave you with that today and invite you to make sound, invite you to really hone your vocal frequency, okay? It's so important to hone your vocal frequency. In fact, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. It's helped me so much in just confidence when I speak and confidence when I sing and I know the power of it and I I love to teach this to goddess entrepreneurs because there is so much magic here with the toning, with the sound. So I invite you to make some sound. And I think I'll just put as one final invitation, I host a sound only Voxer chat. And if you'd like to be a part of that, please just let me know. You can send me a DM on Instagram with your Voxer handle and I will add you to the sound only Voxer thread. There's no speaking allowed. (laughs) It is for sound only. You'll hear a variety of sounds in there. You'll hear tones. You'll hear grunts. You'll hear singing bowls. You'll hear chimes. You'll hear... You'll hear all kinds of good stuff in there. So if you need a space to make sound where you want to be heard, you want to hear others making sound just to kind of give you that little, a little bit more freedom with the sound that you make, then just let me know and I'll add you to that group. It's a, it's a fun group. It's totally no strings attached. It's just sound. That's it. No, it's just sound. No pressure. (laughs) All right, goddess, I'm going to leave you with that. I hope that you get excited to add this to your embodiment practices and I'll see you next week.